Welcome back, guys, to your latest episode from Boots Off TV. I'm your host, as always, Del Chapo, and I've got Mr. Liverpool with myself today. And guess what? It's not a happy one for either of us, is it? This is uh, this is going to be an interesting one. Uh, I, I was I found it really hilarious of all your ranting and the pain you were feeling over the last few weeks, Del, and uh, it's it's come and bit me a little bit. So uh, yeah, let's get going with it. Let's get cracking. Well, mate, I remember I was playing for the charitable football club, obviously, um, as United and Spurs were playing. So mm. I kind of I checked the score, and I think it was four one at the time. And I kind of put my phone on do not disturb. So none of the group chats started ringing off. Um, and I wasn't getting any grief from anyone, but uh, good old Jamie was giving me a lot of stick um, prior yeah, to the game kicking off. And uh, obviously, he's quite a big Liverpool fan, like yourself, mate. And mm. seeing his face after um, just made it all the more better. I know it was a terrible day for us, but it kind of kind of eased the uh, eased the cuts a little bit when it was uh, just as bad for yourselves, if not worse. Um, I bet. But how I bet. how were you feeling, Ed? Because I know you've you have actually <laughs> enjoyed. Um, seeing me suffer um, and the pain in my voice but the tables have actually yeah. turned now mate well, how is it feeling I'll, for you I'll be honest when I, when I saw you were losing or I watched the game against Spurs and I was just like I was goldsmith that you were getting battered that much and it was so enjoyable because you came to my mind there I was thinking after all the ranting he's been doing after all the pain he's going through I was thinking this is going to be perfect I can't <laughs> wait for the next podcast so that I have to listen to you complain about Ollie and complain about the players which I'm sure you're still going to do but um, oh, I, can't, I couldn't believe it mate it was uh, it was the biggest shock I'll, I'll actually go out on a limb and say it's one of the if not top three if not the uh, all time biggest shock results in the Premier League because when you've got mm. champions who are as dominant as Liverpool are and how dominant they were last year and how good they looked against Arsenal last week and then, uh, and then you have a game like that where it's just it, it was just insane. I was watching it, just thinking, this, they're going to keep breaking through. They're going to keep scoring. There was nothing to stop them. The defence was so bad, and uh, the whole team was so bad. I'll, I'll get into a bit more detail on who and and what uh, in a bit, but it was it was got it was And uh, mm. I remember last season when it was uh, Liverpool win the league, and it was basically in the bag. I was always quite calm, cool, and collected. I, I liked the players in Jurgen Klopp. Where I didn't want to get ahead of myself. I, I wasn't making too many big bold statements yeah. yet. Last week after we beat Arsenal, I'm here on this podcast and I'm starting to let it out thinking we're so good. We're, I think we'll win the league probably by about April time. It'll, it won't be as easy as last year, but it will still be easy. And it's like uh, the football gods heard that and thought, oh yeah, oh yeah, you think so, eh? You think so? Bang. <laughs> Whack that one out on me. So uh, it, was, uh, it, it was a shock for sure. Um, uh, yeah, it was, gobsmacked is all I can say about that result. And uh, I'll get into... Uh, Who's the issue in a bit? But uh, what about yourself um, with, with United? What were you thinking at first about that? Obviously, I wasn't actually able to watch the game live because I was playing. But yeah. the thing in which I will say after watching it back, mm. I remember sitting here on this podcast saying, if we do not fix up before we play against the better teams, yeah. we're going to get exposed and we're going we're going to get taken to the cleaners mate and that's essentially what happened it was we started brightly obviously Bruno slot in the penalty but after then it was like I don't know if it was a cockiness or if it was us kind of thinking oh we're United we're 1-0 up we can kind of take our foot off the gas a little bit and a bit of naivety and that's something that I've spoken about a lot with that United team mm. was that naivety and it really did show against yeah. Spurs and I said to you if Son plays the likelihood is we are going to lose because every yeah. time he plays us he has our number and mm. 
So the thing is with Son, I speak about him so highly um, because I, I do think he's one of the best in the in the league. But what I will say is that he shouldn't he shouldn't be looking like a Lionel Messi against United. Like that is all I can say is that every time he plays us, he always turns up. Spurs always turn up when they play us. So we've beaten them a couple of times, but even when we've beaten them, it's never been convincing, and that's been for quite a while. Um, mm. There was no one on that pitch that could walk away from that with their head held high. Um, Maguire, that's pro- uh, he's had some woeful, woeful performances in a United shirt, and that's that is very much up there. Um, it was poor. He was. Do you poor. know what it? Do you know what it is, mate? It's like he got given the captain's armband, and I feel like it was too early. He'd had a good run of games for United and it was like, here you go, here's this extra heap of pressure on top of that 80 million price tag. And I'm not sitting here making excuses for him because by all means, I'm sat here saying it simply isn't up to scratch for a captain, for a leader, for someone to be wearing the armband of Manchester United. It's always been for me, you should wear the armband with pride and it seems like with Harry Maguire, it's almost become too much for him. With everything yeah. that happened over the summer, um, obviously the situation with his sister in the court case out in Greece, it just seems to me now that he's just it's just it's proven to me. It's Harry Maguire is not ready to lead Manchester United. It's proven. Yeah. Pogba, worst game I've seen from him. Like worst game I've seen from Paul Pogba. Um, and I feel like again it comes back to Oli, and it's. He's not making necessary changes at necessary times. It's like he's almost scared to take certain players off. He's almost scared to make changes too early. And it's like when you were, when you're going in at half time, losing by that much, you've got to make a change. Mm. And it, it was like he was almost he, he's like he thinks of his tactics. They must be so precious to him because he refuses to change them all the time. If you are losing a game, if you're not playing well, things are not working. Switch up. You've got to have a plan B in your pocket as a coach. You can't just go to a game against a team like Spurs and think, oh, well, we've got this tactic and we're going to win. That's the sort of naivety that's going to get you losing games on, on the bounce. And this is it. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Get Oli out. He's just he's not he's not up to the task, man. He's he's honestly he's not up to the task. And seeing how we're going. Like I said to you, there was either one or two ways this season was going to go. It's either going to be a very positive one for us and we were going to make the the necessary moves to move towards becoming champions again. And I'm not necessarily saying that would have been this year or next year, but making necessary steps towards that. Now it looks like we're at most a mid-table team. We're struggling against the teams that were in relegation battles last season, for one. Mm. Number two is when you're playing teams like Spurs, like I said, you're playing against Mourinho. He used to manage United. You know what he's like. He's going to come at you and he's going to have things set up that's going to play to your weaknesses and when you fall into his trap it becomes essentially a thrashing mate and that's essentially what happened I think if you look at your season so far like you you said after the first game you were saying Oli out and I think you have a lot more people now that would would, uh, agree with you you had the the bad game against um, against Crystal Palace where they pretty much turned you over at home and then you had the game against uh, Brighton, which you were very, very lucky to get anything out of that, let alone yeah. the three points. 
And then you have this game, your second home game now on a, in a row. Two Cougar home games, two losses, and a woeful goal difference. And like you said before, you play the big boys, and then what would that defence be like against the big boys? And if, if you look in terms of the big players in the league, Kane and Son are the best ones to challenge you in terms of on-form ability. And you played two of the top-class players in the league, and they ripped United apart. And don't get me wrong, the red card didn't help. But uh, it was just it was woeful. You, were not, you don't look like a, a Champions League-level uh, top four team, let alone a team who could even be put in a title racing in the next couple of years. And I'm starting to agree with yourself. When you were going off on Ollie at the beginning, I was thinking this is a little bit harsh. It's day one. It might have just been a bad day at the office. It, it's been non-stop bad days at the office. And even the Brighton exactly. game, the one where you won, it was a poor performance. The defence looked weak. And I, I think... Uh, because I was, I was really big in United up at the back end of last year like a lot yeah, of people we, were, we both were we made, I was like right we make mm. some good signings this is it we're going to push on towards becoming champions again we'll be in the Champions League again next season that's going to be able to draw us some big big names mm. well let's it, touch upon your season uh, your signings I mean because um, obviously that's just happened you've got uh, Cavani Tellez um, what, what, what's, what's your thoughts you wanted some big movement uh, coming in the deadline day mm. was that good enough for you is that what you were after um Absolutely not, mate. No, okay. <laughs> um, to cool. put very bluntly, um, Telesh, great signing. Um, I feel like he's the sort of player we needed. Um, we've, you've got Williams and Shaw at left back. No one's actually cemented that place as their own. Um, no. And it's always been... With, the thing is, like we've always said about Luke Shaw, he's always kind of been like 75% there and he's almost at that top level when it's how many years can it happen? And I feel mm. like bringing in someone like Telesh, he's either going to sink or he's going to swim. Um, I don't know how that... I, I couldn't even tell you now how that's going to pan out. Um, but Telesh is someone who, from left back, he I think he scored 13 and assisted 13 last season. Yeah, Those are the cool. sorts of stats you need to be putting up. Look at players like Robertson, players like Trent. They're defenders, but they're, they're not just defenders. They mm. get. They have so much goal invo- involvement with United signing Cavani to a. Tw- I think it's two hundred and twenty k a week rumored and a ten million agent fee. Like, come on! Like, I, I don't know how much clearer I can put it than, like I said to you, Ed Woodward is burying this club, mate. Mm. I don't. He's he's thrown the shovel away and he's got a digger now. He's just digging <laughs> us a huge hole in the ground to just bury us with. Yeah. He like. You look at Ollie, you look at Edward, they're just not up to scratch, man. He, he, he cannot, he's obviously not capable of bringing in big name signings for reasonable prices. He's getting taken to the clinic every time he goes in for anyone. Every time he goes in for anyone. Oh, mm. well, with the Sancho situation, it's just shown. He, it's almost like he kind of puffs his chest out a bit. He's like, oh, well, I'm not going to pay too much. Oh, but I'll sign someone on a free transfer, give that agent 10 million and give him nearly a quarter of a million a week at the age of, what is he, is he 33 now, Cavani? Yeah, he's, he's definitely uh, pushing his higher, well, not higher 30s, but he's best, definitely pushing his later days of his football career. He's all-time PSG top scorer, which looks good, and I uh, don't get me wrong, I reckon he's got a few good games in him, but he's mm. definitely past it at this point, and uh, he's not going to be the, the answer to your question. I don't think it'd be like when Ibrahimovic came. Ibrahimovic came, and even though he was at that age... He's that good that he made that impact and he was a top yeah. player at United. Uh, I, I can't see it being quite the same as that. I, I think it might be wrong because he might just still have that goal scoring knack in him. 
because in his prime, obviously, we all know how good Edison Cavani was. But yeah. it's 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 not what United needed this year. I think Tellez is a great signing, as he's touched upon of his assist and goal scoring, and for the for the cheap money. But it shows that uh, Edward Wood he, he would only get a good player out like that if he could get him for a cheap bargain. He's not willing to put the big cash in, mm. which is which is crazy for Manchester United because that's kind of been their philosophy over the years. They don't mind paying the money and, and for good reason because they had such a good record and. I'll be fine. I know, obviously, saying that uh, going back to Maguire, that was well overpriced, um, and he's not obviously proven that price tag. But you can't let that get you down. You got to keep pushing on, and you got to push for these top players. Because if you want to be a, a, a big club and you're that far behind the, uh, the 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 benchmark, which is obviously Liverpool City coming into this season, then you've got to spend the money. And yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a shambles. And I, I, I you, you obviously your next window now is January. Is it going to be too late? For what your goals are now in this season to to recover come January, and, and even if so, is he going to spend the money at that point to make the difference? And yeah, I don't know. I think you might be right with the Oli one, though. I think um, especially when you've got a manager like Pochettino uh, sniffing about out there, and you know what he can do. With rumor has talent. it we've contacted him already. Rumor has yeah. it we've contacted him. I, don't I bet you hope those rumors are true, mate. I couldn't hope for anything more in this world. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, like. I sat here and a lot of people did say to me, uh, do you think you're being a bit harsh on Oli? Do you think, do you, do you not think that we should give him time, give him time? Mm. And it's like, he's now in, wait, this is going to be second full season, isn't it? Second full season, yeah, because he came in the season before after Mourinho got sacked. Exactly. So mm. at, by the time your second full season, you should kind of stamp your authority on a team. Yeah. Does that I look like, that. it doesn't look like an Oli team. It looks like, players that have been handed to him and he's just kind of like in in cruise control just kind of couple of players come in the team couple of players come out the team here like you said, and the there ta- the tactics aren't there as well even though it might not be him who's getting the players in that might be where we look at Woodward it's the tactics from Oli aren't there they don't look good and mm. I don't, like you said I don't think there's too much of a plan B when it's all going wrong and that defence it looks shaky because um, like you said they dropped Lindelof I think you, you were hoping for that but then Eric Bailly came in and he was even worse he was yeah. even worse than Lindelof. Like just after conceding that goal, you want to hold on the ball a bit. You don't want to do anything stupid, that's for sure. And he passes the ball out of the back, gives it away, and then United are um, then I've still had able to put it into uh, to Kane. It is it is dreadful defending. And the fact is, Harry Maguire is your best centre back. But that's not saying that's not a compliment to him by any means. It, that's mm. just just stating um, the fact that he's the best out of a bad bunch. And United aren't going to be going anywhere with that bad of a, of, of a defence. Liverpool suffered years from it until he signed yeah. um, um, Virgil van Dijk. It was always holding us back. We got van Dijk in and then it was solved. We had a leader. And that's what United need to be doing. They did try and do it last year with Maguire, but they needed to rethink and said, OK, Maguire is not a bad centre-back at his best, but he is... He's not a bad centre-back at his best in terms of being next to someone like a Van Dijk. Like, I wouldn't trust Joe Gomez being the lead centre-back, but I'd say he's probably on par, if not better, than Harry Maguire over your team. And I'd, t- I'd take Joe Gomez over Van Dijk. Um, not over Van Dijk, sorry. <laughs> I would take Joe, <laughs> Joe mean, Gomez over, over Maguire any day of the week. Because mm. do you know what it is? Is He has proven that he can do it at the top level. Um, and he has proven that he can he can play in the big games with Maguire. I feel like when the pressure's on him, it really does show in his game, and he mm. looks so shaky. He's someone who's confident coming out from the back, playing balls into the box and whatever else. You haven't really seen that from Maguire recently. He you haven't seen that confidence in his game. And the thing is, 
if you show as a footballer that your confidence isn't there, you're going to be targeted. You're going to be the one that the, that the attack drives at. They're like, right, Maguire looks shaky today. Everyone on him. And when you've got players like Son, like Kane, that can tear teams apart, let's, let's be honest. Yeah. They're going to do it. But, Ed, enough of me speaking about Manchester United, mate, because let's pick your brain about an absolute thrashing um, courtesy of two men in the name of Jack Grealish and Ollie Watkins, mate. Um, Even Ross Barkley managed to to get in on the axe. So how was that one, mate? Because I know literally less than a week ago, we're sat here, we're speaking about Liverpool, and you was like, we've got the league in the bag again. I have no doubts in my mind that we're going to do it again there's going to be no troubles for us and then mm. that happens how did that make you feel i just want to start off by saying i do stand by my statements the other day maybe i got a bit carried away and, it, and then it obviously bit me in the ass but I, I think liverpool is still going to win the league i think we'll win the league it's going to yeah. be very tight there's going to be a few teams i reckon that could be playing pushing about and i know a lot of people are saying maybe it's a year of an underdog which don't get me wrong i think it could be but uh, I still stand by the fact that I believe Liverpool win the league. When all our players are fully fit, there's none of this coronavirus mess with our, our squad. We've got Thiago in there, we've got Mane in there, Henderson's mm. back, and, and we got mainly Alisson back in goal. I'm going to get to that in situation <laughs> in a sec. Um, then I think we're the best team in the league and potentially the best team in the world. A lot of people might... Mm. Maybe fickle fans might be still saying, "How could you say that after that one loss?" But that's, it's, we've got to put it down. It's, it's a, it was a terrible day at the office, and there's a, there's a, there's a lot of bad things that that, that you got to look at. Mainly how shocking the defending was. Trent Alexander-Arnold is a player I've always bigged up and I always love, and he is still, I'd say, my favourite um, right back and English player. And uh, but his defending, when it's bad, it is terrible, and he was getting. Compromised so much back there, and so was Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez, as I said, he's one of those players who can play really well. He's not a leading centre back; he's someone who needs to play next to Van Dijk. Who, by the way, wasn't even that great himself. So, uh, our, 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 our amazing centre defensive back four um, over the last few years. It is that still, but it, it has those days, and it's recently been shown that we're leaking a few more goals than we have done in the past. Mm. And uh, and Aston Villa just completely turned us over. Aston Villa themselves, though, I was, I was bigging them up against the Fulham game. I said how great Jack Grealish was and the whole team were moving the ball around and, and their quick breaks. I did also say I don't think they're going to get that much time against Liverpool and they won't have the chance to implement that game plan and implement that Time, football. mate. They yeah. had a field day. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy, did they, yeah. They just kept getting through, kept creating chances. It, it, it was only seven, but it could have gone well be ten. Like they were hit, they hit the bar a few times. They 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 had so many like close call opportunities, and it was just it was just unbelievable. It's like they were playing literally a, a, a League One team at how much they just kept breaking through. It looked like a game of FIFA at times, didn't it? Yeah, and that's that's, that's the thing in which I'll say on it is that it was very much out of character. I didn't expect it. I said it as a joke to you, and I I messaged <laughs> Ed the day before the game saying up the villa, and I said did exactly the same to Jamie. Um, and what essentially had happened is United had taken a thrashing and my head was in my hands because I was like the I group bet. chats are not going to stop well I knew I knew you'd be there I knew Manny would be there I knew Lee would be there all of the Liverpool fans Kyle would have been there as well jumping on my back being like oh mate how about that thrashing against Spurs the group chat silent for the night mate no one said a peep no one said a peep. Even when we messaged, mate, I was in a position where I'd lost the game 6-1 as a fan and I was still able to give you guys jip. And I just remember 
no one said anything in the group chat it was silent yeah. and then everyone started perking up after a couple of days but yeah it was that's, so that's out of character that's one of the uh, group chats i wanted to avoid for sure um yeah. but that, that's the thing you do it actually like carrigan at the end it actually got comical um well, we're gonna go on to adrian quick because he's not on that, like, I, I didn't think he was like that great last season i know he got a good run of uh good run of games and he wasn't terrible and we won and we didn't lose a game with him in goal in the in, in the league but he, he cost us the game against Atletico Madrid. He'd shown at times that he's not a great shot stopper, and um, yet, Christ, that that, yeah, that game he gave away. He basically passed the ball for the first goal. He, he was out of position loads of times. He was so quick, uh, like, so slow off his line. And uh, that that last bit of move where they hit the crossbar, I don't know what he was doing. He just completely moved out of the way and like let him hit an open goal at the bar. It's just he, he he is not good enough to be our, our, our number two. I, I wouldn't even be against giving um, the young lad Clissier um, a, a go against uh, Everton. Unfortunately, it's not going to be the case that Allison's going to be back from the sounds of it. That is that is detrimental, and that if that happened for too long of a period, then uh, that could even be a season coster because I know in that time we're likely going to play City, uh, we're going to play Leicester. Everton, of course, and if you're looking at one team you don't want to play right now, it's Edison, uh, it's Everton at Goodison Park. So uh, mm. I, I, it's it's going to be one of the closest Merseyside derbies going into it in a long time, and it's probably I'm always confident in the Merseyside derby. It's probably the only actual time we're going to go in the Merseyside derby where I think you know what, Everton could actually be favourites in this game. I don't think I've ever yeah. ever thought that ever, and this is the one time. It's credit to Everton as well, but. Um, mm. I think if we play like we did there, they they could turn us over as well. And oh, not having that goalkeeper is a is a major blow. Um, however, Thiago, great player, he'll be back. Henderson, one of the players of the season, he'll be back. Mane, one of the players of the season last year, he's got to a flying start, he'll be back. Hopefully, no one else comes down with coronavirus because since then Shakiri's gone down, and you never know. This, the Liverpool players are dropping like flies at the moment. So, mm. if one of the other big boys like Salah. Go go down or even worse, Van Dyke. Then uh, then we could be in a little bit of trouble come the next few games because it, it, it is it's already proven to be a bit of an issue for us. And there's some big games coming up there for Liverpool. I just I hope the uh, I hope the FA and the Premier League um, deal with the situation far better than they have over in Italy. Um, have you seen the situation? What happened with the Juve and Napoli game the other day? No, what happened there? Um, I believe it was Napoli that uh, Juve were playing. Um, mm. Napoli were unable to field an eleven because there was an outbreak of coronavirus um, in their squad. All right, blimey. So they went to the Serie A to get the game called off um, and Serie A refused to have the game called off. Juve got an automatic 3-0 win um, because they weren't able to field an XI. But surely not even Juve won that. Surely you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even want that, that as a win. It's like no. giving a win. No, that, that, hopefully that isn't the case because no one sees that. Imagine that happening in the Merseyside derby. No one wants to see a Merseyside derby cancelled and just say, "Yeah, Everton, you can have." Three especially points. now. Especially yeah. now. About how like, big it is, yeah. Yeah, like mm. it's the first Merseys. It's, it's the first Merseyside derby, like you said, where you've Liverpool will obviously still go into the games, probably as favourites. Favourites, I but, think so. Just, yeah. But what I will mm. say is that it's it's going to be the game in which a lot of people are going to be looking at it and saying Everton could really give you. a Good game here, um, oh, and yeah. Everton, that, like we every it, Ed, it seems like every week we're just sat here praising Everton and Ancelotti and James Rodriguez. Well, oh, they went and done it again, didn't they? It, this is it, and mm. that was probably the best best game. And I'm not talking just for Everton. Um, that is the best game I've seen James Rodriguez play in probably two three years. Mm. 
Yeah, I've always watched him very closely. I've always been a big fan of his, and I really didn't like his treatment at Madrid, um, especially like the same with Bale. There's been a lot of players that have come from Madrid. Um, even Oza was treated quite badly there, um, and obviously, like, we'll get onto Oza in a sec because there's a very positive story surrounding him. Um, but what I will say is that when you have a player like that and you give them their confidence back, it shines, man, and it really does with Hammers. Like he's just an unbelievable talent. He mm. is, like, if he, if, in my eyes, if he hadn't have gone Madrid and he'd gone somewhere else, say a Barcelona or a team in the Premier League, I honestly believe would be looking back on his career and he and he he would be up there with the greats right now. And I'm mm. not just saying that because of his performances for Everton. Look at his early days at Madrid. Like the guy can, can he can dictate a game of football from anywhere in midfield or attack. And that's saying something is if you can be out on the right and still dictate a game, not many players can do that. It's only players like Neymar, Yassalas, Mane's players who can really grab the game by the neck when they're out on the wing. And it's it's almost a crime that his career panned out the way it did. Yeah, but he's got his chance now. Like it might, might have all been for this moment. If Everton go and get top four what a historic, it'll be for the club. And and I think um, under with the players they've got and with um, Ancelotti, uh, the top four is massively a target now a lot of people would say they're one of the favourites for it and they probably could even go and push on for a title race if, if things carry on the way they're going would you say that forever and then um, talking about the history of Liverpool everything they've won against Liverpool uh, since in the league since 2010 and before that 2006 uh, and they've so they've not got a good track record on Liverpool they've, they've no. lose most of the games a few draws in there is this the best ever like time that they've had to play Liverpool like if they could play Liverpool at any time in the season, do you reckon they'd say right now? Yeah. I, the thing is, they'd be stupid not to want to play Liverpool right now. You, The thing is, one or two things is going to happen against Everton. And this will be where we can say that, Ed, you were right or, Ed, you were wrong about how you think the season's going to pan out. Champions, okay. leaders, winners, they will bounce back from a thrashing like that and go out there and get the job done. Dirty, clean, whatever... They will go out there. They will get the job done. Yeah, I say it's now we will see if so they can far. do that. If they can't do yeah. that, there's going to be a lot of question marks raised on a f- on a few mm. players' positions. Um, and what I will say is that I am so excited for this Merseyside derby. Like yeah. I, I never in my life have I gone. Oh, you know what? I'm actually excited for the Merseyside derby. No one, unless you're a Liverpool or an Everton fan. You've never, you'd never really have that excitement. You can obviously, you know the history. It's a local derby. It's it's so big in Liverpool. But in terms of, in terms of looking forward to an actual game of football, I don't think there's going to be met many games. I get you. I get you. It's, not, it's not like when it's Man United versus Liverpool or Man United or Liverpool versus Chelsea, where it's two like gladiators going at it. It's just exactly. a game with yeah, a bit yeah. of history. But um, yeah, but this time, yeah, as you said, it is different. There's two juggernauts going at each other now, and it's got an interesting dynamic. Everton, only undefeated team in the league, for for only a hundred percent record team in the league, and no, Liverpool. No, are you're wrong, off. mate. One other team. Oh, Aston Villa as well, of course. Yeah, don't for, don't forget they, them, mate. Yeah, how could you left. forget them? <laughs> yeah, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Everton, there's the best they've ever looked at the start of a season, and then um, coming off against Liverpool, who are obviously the dominant champions, coming off the worst game. Or probably of their Premier League history, definitely under Jurgen Klopp at least, and uh, it's uh, so it's it, it's 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 sort of a mix around. One the more desperate team is uh, actually Liverpool this time, so 
it's going to be an interesting one. It's definitely not one that will be missed. Probably the biggest ever Merseyside derby that I can remember um, in the league anyway. But uh, one thing I do want to go on and say again is about Aston Villa. I reckon they've got a real big season in them. They're not even going to have to worry about relegation, as I mentioned a few weeks ago. But they could be looking for uh, even more, like bigger heights now. They've got a new signing in Barkley. They've got great players all around. They're a great goalkeeper. They signed Matty Cash at the right back. Watkins showed what he can do. And then um, one thing I will take out of that game that was the only positive is I'm a massive, massive Jack Grealish fan. And the England games are coming up. So surely that means he's now now going to get his opportunity to be starting regularly for England even though it was at Liverpool's expense but he, he, he ran the game he like ran the show he done all he got like mm. didn't he get like three assists and two goals and, and he could have been more and so he, he's proved that he shouldn't Is just he be in the England squad he's not but I, that you took him out didn't you because he was playing Liverpool <laughs> I, I normally do back Jack Grealish on a fantasy team but I hadn't done this season which is uh, a regret of mine now but he's got to start for England. He's got to be playing main team for England. Southgate needs to be playing the right team. He needs to be not playing mm. bloody free centre-backs in my eyes again. As, as we know, I won't go into that. But yeah. Jack Grealish has proved now he's England main team. Yeah, I, I do agree with you, man. Like, There's so much that he can do. He can mm. play out on the wing. He can be in the centre of the park. Like He's a very, very talented footballer. One thing I will... Dis- I, I, me and Ed always disagree on is this three centre halves. Um, I I feel like England played better with three at the back. It's how we played. Um, mm. It's like, it's, yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, it, those sorts of formations are the ones where if you choose the right players, they work, and if you choose the wrong players, they are terrible, terrible mm. outcomes. Um, but Ed, there's. Obviously, we've spoken about Liverpool. We've spoken about Manchester United. Um, if we keep going on, I reckon there's going to be two grown men crying on camera. <laughs> and I don't think many people want to see that. No. Um, but a few other teams, obviously, we've spoken about how United closed up the transfer window. Um, a few good signings elsewhere, though. Yep. This Thomas signing for Arsenal, big yeah. signing for them. Huge signing. Mm. He's been someone that's been on their radar. He... It, He's always seems to have been linked with him for the past couple of years, and it f- seems like they've they've finally got their man. Um, Partly this and, from um, from from Atletico Madrid. Yeah, yeah, and, mate, he looks good. He, he's a quality player, and the thing that I, w- I will say is that if we're talking a year ago, I don't ne- necessarily think he would have even joined Arsenal because you're not joining Arsenal as a as a winner. You're joining the project itself, and seeing yeah. how Arteta's grabbed that team and changed it completely um, is something that I would say is such a positive to take. And if you're the thing is, if you're an outsider looking in now, I'd be excited to be part of that project. Mm. Well, you look at it; their, their main team is actually pretty good now. They play with a lot of mm. confidence, and the position they hate me going into. They've been recently playing El Nini, who uh, he's not bad player but he's not main team Arsenal and now he'll be slotted into that position taking over that role where he's a, he's a bit, he's, looks like a bit of a beast of a juggernaut who can who can control uh, we can win the ball back being uh, with big chat tackles control the ball a bit about him as well and with some of the other great players that Arsenal do have they're really building something this season and, and we've touched upon earlier how uh, teams who can pull off maybe an up like the underdogs of the season could really push for something. Arsenal, if you said at the beginning of the season an Arsenal fan about top four, they probably wouldn't have thought that's much of a possibility. But right mm. now, Arsenal will be thinking, yeah, top four shouldn't just be our goal. It should be like, we should be, be our, like, it has to happen. Like, it, it, yeah. if, if that doesn't happen, we'll be disappointed. Because you look at the other teams like United and 
and, uh, and 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 maybe look at Chelsea who have had a bit of a slow start and they'd be thinking well they were as good as them teams we could be pushing on and, and uh, doing that and with Arteta and the project he's got going with the new signings that he's made which has been a good window for Arsenal I think I've been happy days if you're an Arsenal fan you could, like like you said a minute ago you back go back a year ago under Unai Emery and how disappointing how miserable it was after poor result and not even looking like a good team just constantly getting battered by the big teams when it comes to like the top six and now you look at Arsenal playing with spirit good players want to play under the manager mm. and actually look like they're going to win things it's, it's a good time to sound to be an Arsenal fan which I never thought I'd say like looking back a year yeah, mate. Heston's probably got the biggest smile from cheek to cheek at the moment. It's looking like it's going to be a great season for Arsenal. Um, mm. They've they've not necessarily bought loads and loads and loads of players. What they've done is they've upgraded in the areas that they need to. Everyone said, "Oh, the defence needs work." So they. Mm got some work on the defence we need someone who can really hold we haven't really Shaka's been in and out of that role Ceballos he's a good central midfielder but he isn't he isn't that holding midfield marshal is he and getting someone like Thomas in has been an absolute coup for them um, mm. something which I, I will say is I don't I don't think it, I feel like Arsenal will have that time in the season where they, they drop off a bit because it always seems to happen with Arsenal I feel like that will happen with Spurs but for United and Chelsea, it's happening towards the beginning of the season, and that's the worrying part. It's mm. are we are we going to bounce back from this? Are we going to move forward, or is it going to well, be Chelsea got their result? Few... Chelsea got that big result against um, against Crystal Palace, and they they may they might be able to push yeah. on now. United need to pull their big result out, mm. and, and obviously they get a little break now with the international break. Come the Newcastle game, that's when they've got a really mm. that's that's a big game for United, and, and especially for Oli. So. Um, I think that they need a big win like Chelsea got against the Crystal Palace, a big solid 4-0, which is like making a bit of a statement that, yeah, we might not have got off to a good start, but there's putting a team who might have come to Stamford Bridge and thinking, well, well, we can get something against Chelsea. That's putting them in their place. You know I need to do that now where they travel to somewhere like Newcastle and basically stamp their authority and say, yeah, we're better than you, and there's that, and get their season up and running. Because other teams are looking good. Leicester, they had a bad result, but they look good. You know City are going to be mm. good. Um, Leeds look good like again. Um, well, not again. Uh, like we've touched upon them being like uh, off to a fly start. Spurs look like they're going to really push on now. So if United don't start hitting something, they're going to be falling behind. And mm. uh, it's going to be the one thing I know is, is, is definitely the case is uh, what we've seen this season with all the goals that there's been and, and the, the exciting matches and the unpredictable matches. It's going to be mm. one crazy season. And maybe that's the influence of having no fans in there. Maybe it just mixes things up and makes it all crazy. But I, I, if, think, I think it honestly does. Um, mm. I feel like a lot of teams, like we, we've spoken about Leicester before and how they, they thrive on their on their fans there Sheffield obviously if you're playing against a team like United like Liverpool if you're going there away and that stadium's booming it can be very daunting for players but mm-hmm. Ed something I want to ask you um, to finish up so I'm going to go through so I'm not going to talk about Liverpool and City because it's it's pretty much apart from obviously the last result it's pretty much guaranteed that you guys will be making first and second at, at very least top four um, so I'm going to go through the, the other teams around there and I want you to decide who you think is going to be the other two. So you've got United, Chelsea, Leicester, Spurs, mm. Arsenal. Okay. So United, top four, no. top six or out the top six? Out the top six I'd have to go. If I was going to have to go at this rate, the 
depends what happens. Mm-hmm. You could sack the manager, put bring someone like Pochin and turn it around. But at this rate, I'm going to go outside of the top six. What about Chelsea? Uh, top four. Top four. Yep. Arsenal. Outside the top four, but in the top six. Okay. Leicester. Just outside the top six. What about Everton, mate? Top four. I think top, top four. four would, top four with Chelsea, Liverpool, and um, and City. I think uh, I think they'll be pushing in it this season. I think Chelsea might even be the ones out of the four of them who I think will struggle the most. And I wrote off a team like Leicester there saying outside the top six, but that's just uh, early doors and it's hard to say. And I reckon Arsenal and Spurs might be able to nib them to it. But uh, I think, how can you write off Everton at this moment? As long as they stick, they don't get any injuries to key players like Rodriguez and Calvert-Lewin and, 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 and Richarlison, then what's stopping them from just keeping on winning? Mm. What about you? Who would you put your top four as? Um, so United, I'd probably if if things don't change, I'd I'd say top six just, mm. but I don't think I think there there won't be much in it at all. Um, I don't think there's going to be much in it in between Champions League, Europa League, and outside of the top six. I think it's going to be a very 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 close race this year. Um, okay. yeah, Chelsea. I don't. I don't agree that I think they'll make top four, um, mm-hmm. and I don't even think it's going to be because of players they've brought in. Um, brought in, sorry. Um, I will say that Hudson Odoi has been someone who's been instrumental to them get um, improving in games, um, yeah. and he's really shown that he he can do it in the Premier League for the past couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Arsenal. I feel like it will be Arsenal in the top four. Yeah. Okay. I, and I feel like Everton might just miss out, but I think between Chelsea, Everton, and Arsenal, I feel like they're going to be they're going to be the ones like the Leicester, Pretty Chelsea, fun. and United from last season, where it was yeah. down to the wire. Um, Leicester, I feel like the same. They could be very close to being up there, but if anyone's going to be, if any, if anyone's going to break that top four that I've mentioned, I think it will be Spurs. Yeah. Okay. Um, fair enough. They, look, uh, they do look good. Mm. and the reason I'm saying that is because yeah that's exactly what I was going to say is it comes down to injuries with with Spurs is they sometimes have some woeful luck with injuries and if they their squad state exactly it was it was almost like every time they went on a run Son got injured and then Lloris got injured and it was just it become very consistent that every time that they were playing there was always something that seemed to go wrong but Mm. Ed, I think that's a great place to wrap it up, man. Um, obviously, guys, this has been a very sad episode for myself <laughs> and Ed to make. Um, I know a lot of the boys will obviously still be um, still be cheerful that we uh, took the losses we did at the weekend, but we're on to an international break now. Time to refresh and revive. Um, Ed, how do you think the uh, the England team's going to do over the uh, international break? Well, I'm going to say hit and miss, hit and miss. That's how I'm going to put it. Ups and downs. Ups and downs. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, you, as much as I'm not a fan of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I know that Ed is even more less of a fan than uh, I'm just not sold on Southgate. But I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, we'll do one. We'll do a podcast next week after the. Because uh, I think there's three. I think there's three games this this time. Yes. But there's normally only two. I think there's three. So we'll do one after the three games, and then we'll. Uh, well, I'll let you know how it's all my thoughts with Southgate are at that point. If you hear a screaming Ed on a podcast, you probably know that England have played three at the back. And that's, yeah. oh, that's yeah. probably Correct. what to take from it. 
But Ed, it's a pleasure as always, man. I love chatting football with you. It's actually been a pleasure to speak about Liverpool in a negative light for once because I know how much you've enjoyed seeing me suffer. So uh, I can only return the favour, mate. Um, But guys, make sure you check out our description um, to stay up to date with all of our content. And we've got loads more stuff coming out for you. So just make sure you follow all of our socials. Thanks very much and take care, guys. 